So I would hate for you to post, even if it's true, even if it's unfair, regardless of whether you're right or not, other people are going to see that, see you, and probably say, I don't want the drama. Hi guys, welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. I can't believe that I haven't talked about this topic yet, but we're going in. We're going to talk about what happens when a client doesn't pay you. Now, the reason that I'm talking about this is, well, it's twofold. (laughs) Number one, I feel like it's been coming up a lot, unfortunately. Just like lots of people have been asking me about it on social media and in coaching programs and in my Facebook group and things like that. And I'm actually dealing with this issue right now. (laughs) I'm not perfect. I don't know everything, but this is one issue that knock on wood, I really haven't dealt with a ton. I've dealt with it a couple times. And right now I'm dealing with it with a sponsorship that I did, like a content creation sponsorship that I did, which I've worked with some absolutely incredible brands that treat me so nicely. But a lot of times that I end up working with brands, I feel like I end up getting treated kind of poorly, unfortunately. So it's something that I'm not used to because I haven't done a sponsorship in a really, really long time. And I was just kind of floored by like the level of unprofessionalism that I've been receiving. So anyway, <laughs> I, I don't want to rant. I just want to explain why I'm talking about this. And let's 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 get into it. Welcome to the Freelance Friday Podcast. My name is Latasha James and I'm your host. I'm a freelance digital marketer, video creator, and business coach. And this show is an inside look at the world of freelancing, featuring tips, tricks, and interviews with people who are doing it right. I'm so excited you're tuning into it. Let's get started. I want to read an iTunes review today. This one comes from Highly Irritated. (laughs) And the review is called Information Always on Point. I came across Latasha James on YouTube last year and loved her insight and expertise on freelance life. I also took one of her courses and have been listening ever since. She's full of knowledge and personable. I feel like we know each other. Thank you for that review. And if you're listening to this, I hope you'll take a second to go ahead and leave me a review as well. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can just click on the show that you're listening to right now and you should be able to scroll down, rate it five stars, I hope, if you're enjoying it, and then click to write a review as well. If you leave your website or social channel or anything like that, I'll be sure to mention it on air as well. If not, you can leave kind of a semi-anonymous review. Apple gives you these weird names. When I left my first iTunes review, it was like some strange combination of words that I swear I did not make up. So I don't know how that really works. But anyway, you can definitely do that. And it's a great way to give the show feedback. It's really um, a different medium than YouTube, which I'm also on, if you didn't know. Uh, It's hard because I don't get to see your comments under every single episode. So I'm never really sure, you know, which episodes you're loving and which episodes you want more of and that kind of thing. So leaving a review can really help me know what I'm doing right, 
know what maybe you want to hear more of. And it also helps people find the show. So again, unlike YouTube, you can't see view counts for podcasts. You can't see number of thumbs up or anything like that. So it's hard for people when they're first kind of investigating podcasting and getting into podcasting. It's hard for them to see what shows people are loving without reviews. So it really does help grow this community and is a really great free way to help support the show. So I'd really appreciate it if you took a second to do that. Now, let's get into the episode. I want to make sure that I obviously let you know the disclaimer. This is not legal advice in any way, shape, or form. I am absolutely not a lawyer or anything close to it. So this is really just anecdotal, just storytelling, just telling my story. I did read some articles from some lawyers and things like that. So this is not legal advice make sure to talk to a lawyer. That's going to be my last tip. I'm going to come back to this tip at the end, but talk to a lawyer, especially if it's like a large amount of money. But yeah, I'm going to share share my experience and hope that maybe you learn from some of my mistakes or get some ideas or something like that. Another thing that I want to say at the top of this episode is when you're dealing with a situation like this, I really do believe that staying calm and professional is going to get you further than you know, the opposite. It is really hard to do sometimes. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm at my breaking point. I think I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm starting to get a little unprofessional today. And I didn't like how that felt. And just remember that no matter what you're doing in your business, it, it, it does reflect back on your business. So even if you're in the right and somebody else is in the wrong, I think it's pretty important to stay as professional as you can. I know that's easier said than done, but it just looks better for you. If it does need to, you know, be escalated to something serious, like a legal type thing, escalated to court or whatever, you're going to look so much better if you are the calm professional one and they're the ones who are, you know, yelling at you and being disrespectful to you. So always try to keep that in mind. It also just saves you some peace of mind. If you can't pay your bills, that is a reason to panic. But a lot of times I have panicked because a client was a day or two late or had trouble reaching them or whatever the case. And there was absolutely no reason to panic. It was just they were on vacation or they forgot or something happened. And I'm not saying it's okay to leave you hanging like that. But it doesn't do your energy any good to like freak out about things and think that you're never going to get paid again. And you know, your my mind goes to the worst case scenarios when those things happen. So try your best to prevent yourself from doing that and just just staying calm and resting assured that the right thing, the right outcome will happen for you. You already know my first tip, what I'm gonna say. I hope you know it. If you've been listening to the show or watching my YouTube channel or anything over the years, you already know, I hope you know, get a contract, have a contract for every single project. I don't care how big, I don't care how small, I don't care if it's your friend, I don't care if it's your aunt, if it's your cousin, I don't care, get a contract, even if it's a free project, write a contract, you know, write a contract for your portfolio projects and explain what you're getting in exchange for that. If it's a testimonial, if it's a review, if it's a whatever it is, make a contract, please. Again, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know this, but I just have a feeling that if you have a contract where two people signed on the dotted line and signed off on payment, it's going to be a lot easier for you to chase that payment down if you do need to, you know, take it to the court of law or use a collection agency or anything like that. So always do that. I recommend using AndCo if you're just getting started, A-N-D dot C-O. 
is the tool. Uh, you can also, of course, hire a lawyer to write a custom contract for you. So just do your due diligence and write one every single time. Now, a couple of things that a lot of people tend to forget in contracts include payment terms and late payment fees. These are two things that I always add into my contracts as well, or at least try to always remember to. So late payment fees are important because in my instance, I've created content months and months and months ago, and I haven't gotten paid yet. And technically I should have been smart and gotten paid a little bit more than the very small amount that the content was sold for anyway. And I'm not going to because I didn't write that anywhere in my contract. So always do that. We don't ever want to think about it. We don't ever want to think that we're going to get paid late or not get paid or be threatened with non-payment, but sometimes it does happen. So it's best to be prepared for it. Payment terms is kind of the same same thing. You know, you want to make sure to write that in so that people know whether they're expected to pay at the beginning, the middle, after a milestone, after a certain number of hours, at the end, how that's going to be delivered, the payment. Uh, also, ooh, here's another good one. I recently got my first check payment, which was fine. It's better than not getting paid, right? But I really prefer not to handle paper checks just because there is a... Uh, an ability for there to be fraud with checks, I feel that's a little easier than paying through a credit card or bank payment or whatever. So that's another thing that you can add into your payment terms is do you accept checks? Do you accept cash? Do you accept what types of payments do you accept? So anyway, I'm not going to harp on these because I do have videos and episodes all about contracts. So I'm going to try to find some and leave them in the show notes if you want to listen in some more. But the point is you need one. You need one, (laughs) something, something. Okay, another way to kind of prevent not getting paid is by requiring deposits, retainers, uh, you know, payment upfront, just depending on the type of work that you're doing. I can speak for what I do. I do marketing services and I would say 90% of the time payments are paid upfront. So somebody hires me for a month of marketing services and they pay me on the first of the month for that following month. Now I know that not every business is comfortable, not every industry works that way. I know I had somebody comment on one of my YouTube videos before and I think she said she owns a bunch of restaurants and she was like, no, I would never pay a contractor before work was done and that's fine, that's her prerogative and I I understand that. So different industries work differently but I personally, if I, was in that situation where they were absolutely not comfortable paying upfront, I would at least require some type of a deposit where it's like half upfront, half later, or or something. Because unfortunately, especially with digital work, I feel like because there's not really a tangible result sometimes, like a tangible, you know, you're not handing over something, you didn't hand make something, it can sometimes be forgotten about, unfortunately. And it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind, and has the potential to be abused a little bit. Now, I also do deposits when I do creative work, and this is just a personal preference. I don't, I'm curious what you guys do as well. If you, any of you do websites or video content or anything like that, I would love to, if you let me know on Instagram or Twitter, uh, at the Latasha James, let me know what you guys do. But I personally prefer to get half payment upfront, half payment at the end when I do a video project or a website because it keeps me accountable. Honestly, I think 
uh, those are longer term projects. Things can come up. Things can shift around. Shooting dates can shift around because of the weather, because of the equipment I have available or the people I have available or whatever. And I don't want to hang up my client if I say, oh, the shoot had to get pushed back a week. I don't want them to feel resentful or anything. And yeah, like I said, they are also way more involved. And I just feel like there's more potential for weird things to happen. And I, I don't know. It just, I like getting half up front, half at the end. So there's that. Now, when it does come to those things, videos and websites, when I do finally finish those projects, I do not hand them over until that depo- that final deposit or that final payment has been made. So you can actually transfer ownership of the website. I build Squarespace websites. And so there's an, a way to easily click on transfer a website or transfer ownership. I don't do that until I get that final payment. Same with a video. I will give you a watermarked version of the video to review, but I'm not gonna give you the final version, all the files, all that kind of thing until it's been paid. So, you know, it's not ideal if they don't pay because you still put all the work in for it, but at least they're not going to be profiting off of your work while still not paying you that second half. So that's kind of what I have for prevention. Last thing on prevention is research, doing research for the client. So in my in, my instance right now that I'm kind of dealing with, I really, I really dropped the ball on all of these things, let me tell you, because I didn't talk about payment with them at all. I just didn't even mention it until the piece of content was actually done. I didn't write a contract, just went by email contract. And I really didn't do a ton of research either. Research is really important to make sure that the business is legitimate and that they're not just trying to scam you. I don't think that this this business was scamming me, but I just don't necessarily think I did a lot of research either. Obviously, make sure that they're a real company. Make sure that it's not too good to be true as best as you can. But also one thing that I like to do, especially when it comes to influencer marketing. So if I'm doing like a sponsored Instagram post or a sponsored YouTube video or something like that, and I'm sure if any of you have ever posted a fashion post on Instagram, you get all those spammy comments like, hey girl, uh, send us a DM and we'll give you this bracelet for free. And you're always like, how is it really free if they write this on everybody's stuff? When I get things like that, if I'm even considering working with a brand like that, look them up on YouTube, look them up on Google and see if any influencers have talked about them. Because this actually happened to me one time where I was considering partnering with a brand and then I looked them up on YouTube and I saw a bunch of videos about, oh, this brand never paid me or this like horror story with a brand XYZ. So make sure to try to look them up as best as you can. And yeah, that's something that I didn't do. This brand that I worked with was actually, they seemed super professional. I mean, they were a real business and I was like, oh, cool, you know, professional, on brand. And I was, I've actually been, like I said, I was very shocked at the level of unprofessionalism. So you can't really judge a book by its cover. Research everybody, research even if they seem like too legit to quit, okay? <laughs> okay, so those are all things that you can do before you don't get paid. But what happens when you're here, you're in the position that I am in, and it's just not happening for you. So best advice that I have is to keep following up. (laughs) I the other time that this has happened where I didn't get paid was well, I guess there's been three times now one time they really did get me but luckily it was only for $75. So I can live it was at the beginning of my YouTube career. And the second time they didn't pay me for months. I think it took 
two and a half months before I finally got my payment. And the reason that I finally got it was because I didn't stop emailing them. Now, I don't recommend that you become a stalker, okay? I don't th- I don't know if that's, I don't think that's legal. I don't think that's fun for you. I don't think that's professional in any way. But I would just send an email once a week <laughs> until I got paid. And I continued to do it. I stayed professional, but I also was firm in that I would constantly remind the person how many times I'd emailed. So I was like, hey, this is the second attempt to reach you that kind of thing to kind of document it as well for yourself. And again, if you do need to talk to a lawyer or anything, you'll be able to have that information easily accessible. And I also think it, listen, sometimes time slips slips by. Sometimes time passes me by and I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to email that person back or I forgot to do this or forgot to do that. Now, I don't, I don't not pay people. I try to pay people as soon as I get invoices come through just because I want to be a good person. But I understand how things can happen. And so I think just sending those reminders like, hey, this is the fifth attempt. They'll hopefully be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's emailed me five times. I feel so bad. Hopefully. That wasn't really what happened with this client, but I was giving them the benefit of the doubt, I guess. So I kept kept emailing multiple times. And then finally, how I actually got this, this payment through was through social media. Now, I want to say I wouldn't recommend going public on social media because even though it's not fair, anything that you post publicly regarding your business is going to reflect back on your business. And so I would hate for you to post, even if it's true, even if it's unfair, regardless of whether you're right or not, other people are going to see that, see you and probably say, I don't want the drama. You know, I know that's not fair, but it it's just true. It's just the way that people think. And I would also hate for something bad to happen to your business in retaliation. You know, I'd hate for your client who didn't pay to maybe get upset and write a bad review about your business, even if it's not true or uh, take some type of legal action. I don't, again, this, none of this is legal advice. Please do not take it that way. So I don't know if this is legal or not or, you know, whatever, but if they tried to get you in trouble for slandering them or I don't think that's the right use of that word. There's slander and libel. I don't know which one it would be, but I would hate for them to try to take some type of legal action about a false review or whatever it is. You just probably don't want to make it public for a number of reasons. But what I have done is went private on social media. So like I said, in this in this second example of not getting paid, what I did is I sent a message to the Facebook page. I knew that this business had an admin running their Facebook page. And so I sent a message and I was super professional and just said, hey, I'm a contractor. I did some work for your company a couple of months ago and I haven't heard back about payment. Is there any way that you could look into this or pass this message along or tell me who to reach out to you? Something like that. And the person was super nice and they were like, oh, let me look into that for you. And about 24 hours later, I got a notification that I was paid. And I don't know, maybe I just really couldn't reach the founder of the company. That's who I had been communicating with. Maybe, you know, this person really was just something was going on. They were on vacation or something. I don't know. Or maybe they kind of got shamed into paying, you know, if my admin, if my virtual assistant came up to me and was like, hey, some lady chatted in and said that you didn't pay her, I'd be embarrassed, you know, so I don't know what worked or why it worked, but it did. And that's actually something that I just did for this client now or this 
this um, experience that I'm having now, this sponsor, I guess, is what it is. I reached out to them on Facebook and again, super professional, but I got a response within five minutes and they are escalating it to a manager. Now, who knows if that manager won't be the same person who's been ignoring me for multiple weeks, but at least it's getting me somewhere. So think different contact methods. If you have their social media, go private with it, be professional with it. If you have their phone number, Again, be professional on the phone. Uh, If they're local, a local client, drop by. But again, you know, don't make it aggressive. Don't make it mean. Don't be threatening and intimidating. Just be a professional. But sometimes, sometimes we need that extra little nudge. And again, I, you know, I really try to see the best in people. I really do think people get really, really busy. Not really an excuse to not pay people, but I can understand how people get really busy and it slips their minds. Now, Your last resorts here are, yeah, I mean, you can take things to a lawyer. I think that's really the the only other advice that I have, unfortunately. Now, I know that there are some different options that you have. Again, not legal advice. Last time I'm going to say that, but just covering my butt here. But yeah, I mean, you can talk to a lawyer. Many lawyers will talk to you for free. They'll at least give you an idea of whether or not it's something that they can help with or that they are willing to help with. So, you know, it doesn't have to be a zillion dollars that you're paying just to get an opinion on if it's even feasible to to work with. But I know that there are lots of different options that you can do. There's like small claims court where you actually take someone to court and try to get your money back. You can also do uh, go through a collections agency, which I don't know a ton about. So again, I'm I'm really curious if any of you have used a collections agency to retrieve payment. But basically what they do is they try to collect payment on your behalf and then they take a cut of it. I believe there's also what's called factoring, which I think is pretty similar to a collection agency. I'm really not sure. This is not my area of genius. So definitely look it up, but I know there's a tool or a website called Cabbage with a K, K K-A-B-B-A-G-E, and they do what's called factoring. So you basically sell your invoices to them. So if I, let's say that I have an invoice that is overdue and it's $7,000, I sell it to them for a percentage. So maybe, and I don't know their exact fees, you'll have to look into it, but maybe it's, you know, they give me $5,000 for my $7,000 invoice, and then they work to get payment for it or whatever it is. So I think it's pretty similar to a collections agency and it's something that might be worth looking into, especially if you have a very large debt because losing $2,000 is better than losing $7,000, right? So again, I don't know the exact fees. You'll have to look into those, but those are options. I luckily have not had to go through with them. Like I said, the only invoice thus far that I truly just have not gotten paid for was $75. And I just knew (laughs) that that was not worth paying a lawyer or going into court or collections or whatever for. So I just kind of had to eat that one, unfortunately. And, you know, the thing that sucks about it is $75, whatever. I, I, I value every bit of money that I have. I'm not saying I'm above $75, but listen, that's not a life-changing amount of money. It's not, it's fine. It's fine. It's like a bag of groceries. I'll live, right? It's not even so much about the money though, as it is about just the ego slump that you get put into. It really just puts you down so much to know that you worked for that small amount of money and somebody just couldn't be bothered to pay attention to you, to respond to you, to care? What if that was something that I was really counting on 
And it's just so unbelievably unprofessional and disrespectful. So I think that's the hard part about not getting paid. Obviously, if it's a large amount, there's harder things like actual your actual livelihood. But for the smaller amounts, it's it's not even so much about the money as it is just about just feeling really down and disrespected. So I don't want any of you to ever feel like that. If you haven't been through this, hopefully you never will, but definitely go back through those prevention tips, getting a contract and, you know, working on deposits or retainers, doing your research, doing your due diligence, asking around, making sure that these people are legit before you engage in a business relationship, because it can be really crushing when it happens. And I'm just so frustrated right now because the amount of money that I'm chasing right now is so, so small. And I've definitely used up those hours, if you will. Like I've definitely wasted enough time to make this partnership that I did not even worth it anymore. It doesn't even, it it didn't even break even for how much time that I've spent on emailing and going on social media and sending invoices. It's just been frustrating. So that's kind of what I would recommend, but I would love it if you let me know if there are any other pieces of advice that you have or anything that's worked for you. I hope that you never have to take any of this advice, but if you have any anything else to share, please let me know. As always, I want to invite you to the Facebook group. I think we can have a good conversation about this stuff over there. It's the Freelance Friday podcast community. And if you haven't heard yet, my Facebook ads course has launched and is available now. So I'm excited to welcome that to the world. I've already had quite a few people sign up and I'm excited, anxiously awaiting their reviews and feedback. But while we do that, I would love it if you joined as well. You can actually sign up and get a free lesson. I'm sending out a free video lesson if you want to sign up at the link in the show notes. So you can go ahead and grab that. It's a perfect course for anyone who's looking to kind of get started with Facebook ads and get rolling with it. So Yeah, hope this episode was helpful. I look forward to talking to you in the next one and I hope you have a great rest of your day. I'm Latasha James and that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to review it on iTunes or share it with a friend. This podcast is all about community, so you can also go ahead and head over to the Facebook group. It's called the Freelance Friday Podcast Community, or follow me on social. My handle is the Latasha James across all platforms. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode, and like I said, feel free to share it with a friend, tag a friend, screenshot the episode, and tag a friend. It really helps us grow this community, and my goal is to help as many people through this collective community become better freelancers and more empowered freelancers. So that's it for the episode. I'll talk to you in the next one. It airs every single Friday. I'll talk to you again then.